What's going on, you guys? Hey, it's Pam with 2200 Taps. We are on the third and final episode of this trio with uh, Glenna Tezra and Courtney with Bad Bitch Vibes. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we're going to get right to it. We already had Courtney and Tezra on. And if you guys haven't listened to it, please listen to these episodes. They're pouring their hearts out for you, for me, for all of us. Just do it. Trust me. So with that... Hi, Glenna. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. You're good. How you, good? How you doing? I'm yeah. gooder now that I'm here with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for sitting in, in that lovely seat. That's a nice seat. I know. Dude. I stole it. They got the chairs. I got this seat. I like it. I want one for my house. We're gonna have to talk, Tezra. We're at Tezra's home. <laughs> I need I need me one of those. That's a sentimental chair. That was Layla's chair. Oh, Who's Layla? Layla? She was my best dog I've ever had. That passed away. She literally would sit in that. I know. <laughs> my dog had a chair. <laughs> Dude, and it's not a chair. It's like a mm-hmm. oversized. Oversized. So that tells leather. you how much I love you, Glenna. Like, love you, seat. Like, well, how big was your, love big was your dog? She's like seventy five pounds. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Like, Glenna, mm-hmm. you look small in that. And you, and you and I are not small What are women. you trying to say? So you, you and actually I are not have the same color yeah. eyes as Layla. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, let's let's get started, shall we? Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, you guys go listen to the previous two episodes with Courtney and Tezra, and you guys are going to know exactly why we have Glenna in the hot seat today. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> why are you laughing? Because <laughs> it's just a hot seat. It is a hot cry. seat. Um, you know what? It, I'm telling. I'm a tough. I'm a tough. Titty. I got. I got invited on their podcast, and the goal is for Courtney to make me cry. So we're gonna. It's gonna happen. Happens. Yeah, y'all gotta know, come we'll over see. and listen to that one too. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, how you doing? I'm good. You doing, friend? I'm good, dude. I remember when you called me and you're like, "Yo, we want to start a podcast. How do we do this?" Uh huh. I'm like, "Oh, girl." <laughs> where do we even start and now look at you you guys have a podcast yeah we like five episodes in? seven Six? seven seven mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. dude seven and you're doing all the audio editing yes right mm-hmm. some who's doing the video y'all kind of splitting that up um i do the video well i mean I, they send me their videos and i edit it out and glenna just and does so glenna is like the media yeah. guru for bad yeah. bitch vibes right now mm-hmm. yeah i'm trying to she get a, a job with them y'all so hopefully they can <laughs> just hire me i'm like the content creator and i come up with the crazy ideas i came yes. up with our hocus pocus theme for mm-hmm. halloween which was brilliant yeah, dude I think that of, was so funny my yeah. brain is weird i think of things yeah <laughs> i think it was great um yeah man so thank you for being here Thank you for being here. Of course, I'll be here anytime you want. Okay. I don't want to move in here. You and your roommate? <laughs> There's enough room, right? Shit. Do you but cook? Do you clean? I do. Okay. I do both. And laundry, believe it or not. Oh, oh. shit. We might be married. <laughs> yeah. Here soon. Well, let's talk later. <laughs> Get those dudes. There we go. <laughs> Anyhow. So, yeah. So, you're in the hot seat right now. I am. And, uh, it's pretty you warm. Know, <laughs> it's a leather chair, too. Um, it's funny. Tezra put on the, the hot pink lights in this room so we can have more of an... I don't know. It's a look in here, guys, and you're not going to be able to see it. There's no video for this podcast, which we'll fix that later. But man, just know it's a vibe. It's a vibe just for you. It's like a bad bitch vibe. Queen man. G, dude. They call me Miss G too. They call mm-hmm. you Miss G. I know. Mm-hmm. I know Miss G too. She's an OG. She's super sweet. Well, let's get to you. Okay. So we all, again, we all met in a program, and I got to tell you, when I met you, your eyes, like, I was like, holy shit you and your significant other and then y'all got pregnant and your baby has the most gorgeous eyes in the world they are yes. blue. dude they're like crystal crystal blue mm-hmm. and your boy like you make good looking kids just so you know thank you um i'm not trying to butter you up because i'm trying not 
I don't want Courtney to grill my ass here in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I mean it. It's like you and your family is super beautiful. It's so cool to see y'all. I haven't seen uh, your significant, I almost said his name, significant other in a few years. I need wow. to see his ass. Yeah. So go out there. Go kick his ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I need some metal work for the house. Maybe we'll, we'll have to chat. Well, I'm just, we'll chat about that off here. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> but. So before you got in the training, I know I've heard a few of your episodes kind of talking about how you were before then and all that stuff. So I'd love to learn about your story. Um, Take us however deep, wherever you want us to go. We're on for the ride. And uh, we'll honor and respect your wishes, what we talked about before and and everybody else. So yeah, um, we'd love to learn who you are, my friend. Well, um, I had a, I had a good, good childhood. Um, you know, it. I don't remember much of it. I was a very sick child. Um, my dad was around until I was about three. My mom and my dad didn't really work out. My dad was very physically and verbally abusive at that time. Hmm. Um, so my mom divorced him, and my mom was single for a while, dated around. I had multiple stepdads in my life, um, and... I got sick at age almost four. Um, what that consists of is I had epilepsy. Oh, wow. And my mother believes it's when I hit my head. You know those wooden frame TVs um, they had back in the day? We had one of those, and I didn't want to take a bath, and I was running around the house naked with a towel, and I slipped on it, and my head went right in the corner of it. And so I have this gash here. You can't see it anymore, but I had to get stitches, so I went to the hospital. And I feel like back in the day, like their x-rays and all the monitor stuff wasn't as updated as it is now. So my mom feels that when I hit my head at that time, that's what caused my epilepsy. Because so not, it's not in the family. I wasn't born with it. It's it was, a good possibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I had the type that I didn't shake. I had a blank stare. I quit breathing. My brain shut off. And that's the type that I had. I don't know exactly what type that's called. I think they're grand mal. Huh? Grand mal seizures. Yeah, something. Those are grand mal seizures? I think so. I don't know. I had to wear a bracelet at all times that Jeez. talked about um, my epilepsy. I had to take these big orange pills every single day. I had doctor visits constantly. Um, there was a time my mom had to have an emergency hysterectomy, and uh, my stepdad put me on his insurance because my dad's gone. My dad's, like, out of the country no contact, like we have no idea where he is. So he took care of me when my dad wasn't around and put me on his insurance, took me to the visit when my mom was getting her hysterectomy done and had all these stuffs on my head. I had multiple seizures in that time of sleeping. She just was for having the up to a hundred a day. Yeah. Up to a hundred? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was having up to a hundred seizures a day. Mm-hmm. So my mom shared with these ladies. Um, so I, I was, there was a lot of stuff I don't, really remember um with the epilepsy and the medicine i took it made me grow quicker as a woman um i had a period i believe age eight my mom said it um you kick-started the medication and the seizures kick-started her puberty yeah and so i had hair down there i had boobs i had i think she mentioned that you were still wearing diapers when you started your period no, I wasn't. No. No. no, no, no. You can start as early as five. Uh, I don't. I don't think Jeez. I was in diapers. That's scary. No, mm-hmm. I was. I was about eight or nine when all this started happening, and 
Um, my mom freaked out. And so um, I had my first essay happen at age six. Um, between six. I didn't know you were that young, Glenna. Six and seven. Um, the first one, of course, every single one of them's, you know, essay is just the most horrible thing to have. What is that? Sexual abuse. Oh. Sexual assault. Sexual Jesus. Um, okay. Oh. The first one was, and I, I call this one like minor because it wasn't like, I don't know. I don't think I mean, it's, none, an, none an, of it's ever minor, minor, but it's just you, my you other, it. I've had oh. six. Abusers? Yes. From age six to 18. Um, the first one was a neighbor. How Sorry. how old was the no, neighbor? I'm not laughing. You know? I don't remember. She's Were they older? I grabbed the whiskey. Yeah. I'm laughing because she grabbed the whiskey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not not a it. Story. Oh my god! <laughs> was that person significantly older than you? Do you remember? Um, or? I don't really remember. Okay. I know that he was a roommate staying with my. And you were six friends. Yeah, I was about six. He liked to play this game. I forget exactly what it's called, but we like we stack on each other. Mm-hmm. And I don't like, think that's like a game on top of each other. Yeah. That's not a made game. It, no. I know, but that was what I thought when it was at the six. time. And so he oh, would, you know, I would lay on the floor. The he game. would stack on top. My friend would do the same thing. Um, he would touch me in areas. And, you know, I thought it was a game. I didn't know anything different. And then as I got older, I realized, like, that that wasn't a game. Yeah. So it started with him. And then um, I had someone in the family that touched me at a family event. It was a cousin of mine. And we had a sleepover at one of my aunt's house. And we all had sleeping bags. And when I was half asleep, he started touching me below my waist. And putting his fingers in me. And then um, I got uncomfortable. So I went into the other room, into the kitchen and slept in there. And he followed me. Then he started like touching on my breast and... Um, telling me, like, don't tell anybody, you know, I'm sorry, I won't do it again, and just all that. So, you're still six or you're eight? I was about seven or eight. eight? I can't really remember. Um, That pisses me off. Yeah. But, (laughs) and, you know, it sucks that I had a body that I shouldn't have been had. I wouldn't, I shouldn't have had that age. But that wasn't your fault. I know. But it just sucks that, you know. And also, it doesn't give them reason. I know. I know. But it, it did make you a target. Yeah, so. it made me a big target. Um, so that happened. And then a couple of my brother's friends um, took advantage of me because they saw, like, how, I guess... Um, developed? Just developed and how, like... Uh, what's that word called when you're, like, delicate? Vulnerable? Naive? Just would the, anyone do anything to me? Oh, um, suggestive. Uh, in my mindset at this time, as I was going into teenage, almost teenage year, um, I thought that all of that stuff that happened to me, like it was fun and games and that, um, it's okay for men to do that to me. Mm-hmm. So I had a bunch of my brother's friends do that. One, I thought that I started having feelings for, um, and instead, he was just kind of like, you know, just using me for enjoyment. And so that was uh, that was a that was a big problem with me. And then 
um, it finally stopped with him, I think, like, mid-teenage, and then another friend of my brother's around 17, 18. I just thought that whole time in my life, um, for someone to, I guess, men are supposed to do that to me. That's what I thought. You thought that was typical behavior? I thought it was typical behavior. Um, I didn't know anything wrong. Again, I didn't have a father figure in my life for a very long time. My dad was in and out constantly. All I had was my mom, and she was always working. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have really anyone to go to. And um, it sucks because, like, if I would have had my father there, I feel like my life would be a whole lot different. I probably wouldn't be the strong person I am today. But... Um, Do you feel like you weren't protected? I was just going to ask that. Like, who was there to protect you? Nobody. Nobody. At all. And also, it's scary, but I think a lot of the times when it sounds like when you were growing up, you were fairly much left on your own. Mm-hmm. And attention, love, affection, all the things that we need to thrive, they weren't there for you. Mm -mm. And so in a way, were you finding those things by giving yourself? Yeah. Or like at least whenever you were approached by these individuals, not pushing them away because in a way it was like... I was getting attention. And I think that's where we blame ourselves when we are victims we don't recognize that we're victims because in some small way we got something out of it but you don't realize that you're also being conditioned and primed to become a victim of mm-hmm. these type of people who will take advantage of you well let me ask can i can I piggyback off of that for a little bit mm-hmm. how confused were you very confused about I, sexuality I and all this i didn't stuff. know much about it um you know not about twenty nineteen twenty, I met a guy and we connected and I moved in with him pretty quickly. Um, we got a dog together and then we got married, had um, had my son. And in that marriage, you know, I, I, going into it, I didn't know what unconditional love was. I didn't know what love was. So just... Um, thinking that oh i'm gonna be married to somebody i'm gonna i'm gonna get that whatever that is and my dad was back in my life um as of like age 18 and he's like the best dad to this day you know now and he's he's a teddy bear he's not the mean the mean man that i knew when i was young so my um but i would come over we'd hang out you know my dad i thought liked my husband at the time and my mom was around here and there because, you know, they are divorced. Um, but it got to where I was seeing signs of what I was going through um, with the sexual abusers. Like I was, I didn't, I didn't know. And then like when I would, when I would not let him do certain things, he'd get mad at me. Like there was a bunch of verbal abuse in that relationship. Um He, and I, I never told him anything about my stories. I never shared anything with him. So I was sitting there screaming on the inside on issues that me and him would have, and he wouldn't understand, but then he'd lash back out at me 
because we we're both toxic for one another but he didn't understand me but you didn't tell him i didn't tell him anything. did you not feel safe no damn no not with him i thought that you know getting married to him maybe um i could see that lighter side of him and that didn't work i thought getting pregnant you know maybe i could see a better person because i was thinking at that time that everything was wrong with him nothing with me right um, I never thought anything was wrong with me because I shoved everything down that yeah. happened to me. Like, that's not me. No. Um, I wasn't very confident. Uh, I was very, very picky on like how I looked. I never smiled in my pictures hardly. And uh, I just, I don't know. I, I seemed happy around everybody. Like they can probably vouch for it. I seemed like a happy person, mm-hmm. but I wasn't like I was I would almost every night when I was married I probably I would cry in my bedroom yeah she seemed like a very controlled person yeah we were working every day at that point Mm -hmm. together Together. as close as we are right now and uh I never knew for 10 seven years that we worked this close together I didn't know until you decided that you were done with it to start talking about what was going on in your marriage. Mm-hmm. But she would come and come to work and some of that aggression and frustration would be taken out. But you know, in other places, but I'm not saying my ex-husband's a bad man. He's got some issues that, you know, he can work on himself, but me being so broken and not allowing him in, not receiving what he was trying to give me because I don't remember really if he was really trying to give me any love because I don't know what that looked like right? at all. So I could have probably at that time, you know, denied it every single time. And that's probably why he would get so mean to me. But, you know, it's no excuse for real abuse. But I feel like if I would have found the program and I've told my other significant other about this and my ex-husband. If I found that program when I was married, I would probably still be married to my husband, my ex-husband, hmm. my son's dad. And I told him that. And um, and he probably would have gone through it too. But, you know, I wouldn't have found this program if I didn't find my significant other because he's the one that introduced me to it. I think the one that you have right now is much better. Well, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> As Absolutely he is. But it's just like there's... I'm not trying to down my ex-husband because, right. you yeah. know, but it's just, if I would have gotten the help that I needed, I probably wouldn't have split that relationship up with my son um, between me and his father. I, well, I hear a lot of, excuse me, I hear a lot of similarities with you and Tezra. Mm-hmm. Like a, a lot of similarities. That's why we're besties. Because you, <laughs> you don't know how to give when you've never well, you never had it. I never, well, and you know I, what I'm saying? I never got it from my mom. My dad, my dad gives it to me all the time now. You my can mom, see it. My mom is still like learning because she never got it from her own parents. Right. So it's just, you know, and I'm teaching my mom that, um, mm, how to cool. give unconditional love. And she's, she's learning to like love herself and all that now too. She never really did. So it's just like the stuff I'm receiving, I'm able to make everyone around me that wasn't around when I need them, I can make them see like, hey, you're still a good person. My mom knows my story. She threw, and, and to this day, like, I, I'm still mad at her about it, but her reaction wasn't acceptable to me. 
You're mad at her because she didn't protect you? Or what were you mad, what are you mad at her about? Well, I'll tell you what happened. So I went to her house to tell her my story. And without saying, I am so sorry, you know, give me that apology. She went into her room screaming and crying and brought out all these papers listing reasons why she wasn't around when this happened. So she made it about herself in that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's fair that you're mad mm-hmm. about that situation. And to this day, she hasn't apologized. And I've learned that she's, I've tried so much to get her to give me that, mm. that I'm just, you know, I'm just going to accept and love her where she's at. Yeah. That's, that's why I say we have similarities when it comes to our relationships with our mothers and we've, they're never going to tell us they're sorry. They're never going to accept. Um, My dad did. They're never going to be accountable. Yeah. So even if you sat them down, like, like we are across the no, mm-hmm. not a chance. No. It becomes a defense game. It, mm-hmm. They're not, whenever you are that insecure about who you are and you're a hundred percent dependent on other people to validate you, yeah. any type of blame, shame, or guilt that's placed on you, a lot of those people reject it immediately. Mm-hmm. And they do so by immediately defending themselves and saying, whoa, whoa, mm-hmm. this, this yeah. was not my, here's the list, let me bring it to you. Um, and because they're afraid, look, when they're, when they're holding on to all of these uh, lifesavers in the water, then, and their life depends on it, uh, they're not going to give you one. Mm-mm. And what she's asking for is, hey, I was drowning here, and I really need a lifesaver. I need you to hand me something. I need it from you. And I feel like her mom was saying, no, these are the only things that have been keeping me afloat is this appearance that I've put out. This is my narrative, and I depend on this narrative to be true. And if I let go of something, I will drown and die. That's a good analogy. And, and not to bash like your mom or y'all's parents at all. That's not what this is about. But it's, it's just like people that haven't worked on their shit. Yeah. She, they don't know how to, they don't know how to meet you there. Yeah, mm-hmm. she doesn't. And I know that because she, to this day, holds a lot of guilt. Yeah. And it's, she's told me that. She's had like nightmares. You know, it's funny. And I, I wasn't going to bring it up because if you were going to interview my ass, I was going to bring it up. <laughs> but let's see where this goes. But I was, I was sexually molested when I was four. Four or five, wow. some, but with a cousin, a couple cousins. Mm-hmm. I finally told my mom a couple of years ago, and the first thing she said is, "I am so." She, she my mom is my rock star. She's my rock. She's mm-hmm. like, "I'm so sorry, I wasn't there to protect you." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "You couldn't. You had." She had me at 16, mm-hmm. oh. so she, she had to still work. A baby. She's yeah. no baby. I mean, think about it. you're 20 years old trying to provide for your kid. I'm like you. You weren't. You're not gonna. You weren't gonna be there, dude. Like mm-hmm. you're trying to make something happen for us. Mm-hmm. But I had to tell her in that moment mm-hmm. it was not your fault. You never knew it. Well, that's why <laughs> I told her too in the moment. And well, uh, I told her she didn't apologize. I was like, because she was playing the victim mode. So I was telling her like, Mom, you couldn't have done anything about it. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Yeah. Damn, but dude. I think it's still something. To hear her say, I'm so sorry. Yeah, oh, yeah, that because was definitely, yeah. It's empathy. It's all you want. Mm-hmm. It's all you want. My dad, immediately when I told him my story, <clears throat> my dad never cries. Now I'm probably going to cry. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
you got me crying now, Dad. <laughs> she didn't even say anything. I know. My dad is my everything. Um, I told him my story, and uh, he cried. And uh, sorry. <laughs> no, I don't apologize. Don't apologize. my dad didn't cry and so that was really hard for me I'm still to this day hard for me to you know take in but my dad never cries because he's a big he's a big guy he's a big tough guy he's big, a man he's a man <laughs> he's like know? a biker too yeah, yeah he's a biker and he's tall he's like 6'3 you know and you know it. <sighs> what did that mean to have somebody show you empathy I mean a lot like my dad I never thought my dad would of course he wanted to go beat their asses on who mm. all did everything to me um, like same thing for my significant other, you know, but, um, he, he apologized because he wasn't in my life. And I told him that, you know, like what you told your mom, like you, it's okay, dad. I'm okay now. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if he holds guilt or anything uh, around that, but, um, what I love about my dad now is that he never used to be a church guy. And a couple of years before I told him my story, he started going back to church and, um, you know, getting right with, because you know, nobody has a great life. Everybody's done bad things. So he wanted to get forgiven again. And um, if I feel like if he never did that, I probably wouldn't have got that side of my dad, my total, about that, about my story. You can see how much you love him. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah, I love my dad a lot. Squishy teddy bear. Yeah. <laughs> Almost lost him like two years ago. So yeah. wow. is he the one you were telling me about that one day? We were talking about um he had an amputation or something like that. Yeah. yeah. He lost his um, he got his motorcycle leg accident. in Iraq, yeah. Okay. He's got um he lost his right leg above the knee. Yeah. I got a lot of people that can ride motorcycles I, with him with one leg, just I, so you know. I told him about it when I was down there. <laughs> but you know I got one guy, Keith in particular, he's got one leg, he's a He's an old army veteran. Yeah. Like a, in his 50s. And this dude lived a lot. He lives life so fucking hard. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> but he'd, he'd, he'd drive out there on his can man. We're like, let's go. Yeah. My dad loves, he loves to ride. Like, my stepmom just had hip surgery. So that's. Ugh. And the crazy thing is, I called my dad. I was like, you can, you can, you, do you need me to come? What do I need your help for? <laughs> okay, dad, you got this. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like your dad's Paul Bunyan and you're not telling us. <laughs> like this big burly dude <laughs> but um god dang so did you tell them that after your training or before your training after Ooh. two months after so what was it in your training that was pivotal for you why do, actually why did you even want to agree to do it um well here's the truth bring it <laughs> so my other half went through it first hmm? and you know he was in it for probably a month, month and a half, maybe two. Went through like two. He went through the the first one and the second one. Mm -hmm. And after the second one, I started getting pissed. He was getting close to somebody. And I was like, who is this woman? Who is this Rose and woman? Why are you telling her you love her? You know, and so I, you know, I went, um, I went up to actually his second 
class and stayed in the hotel up in the lobby being a during cra- his training being a crazy bitch um <laughs> and had my son like hey let's have you know it's you know i think it was my son's birthday um let's have um some cake because my son just had like emergency freaking er he had a allergic reaction to ant bites so <sighs> and, oh, I, remember I remember that and my other half couldn't make it because he was in training yeah like I thought my son was about to die. And I'm like, you can't make it here, why? <laughs> you know? And uh, so I went to the, after we got the next day, took him some cake and stuff, and then I saw who this woman was, and I'm like, <laughs> Courtney, we need to go do this. Yeah. We need to go do this So you know how I mentioned in, in my story how uh, I had accused, I had accused my ex of cheating i felt like he was cheating so when i went to glenna's like that's what we were talking about mm-hmm. was like oh, my man's doing this full circle. and she's like well my man's over here in this <laughs> full circle quote unquote program falling in love Banging with some person <laughs> and i was like hell no girl i got mm-hmm. your back let's go to and a I woman's retreat married <laughs> and missing out on all the drama mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's that's how me and courtney end up going okay well she told us that you lied to her so there's that you yeah, did. Yeah, you, you know. did. But that was her. <laughs> that was your um, reasoning for uh-huh. Yeah, and, and then, then he was also my other half was giving me crap about having a counsel through um, a, like a text program that Courtney gave me. Um, he was like, "That that didn't do anything. You need to go to this place because you know this is was, what's working for me, and it's not going to work for you." And I'm like, "Okay, fine." Took his credit card and bought my first class. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but you're paying for it, damn it. Exactly. <laughs> what I will say, though, and he's not getting enough credit here, is the reason why Glenna did open up to me about her story. <laughs> giving her partner some credit, uh, he must have been having some influence over her coming back home and talking to her in a very open and candid way because when we did meet up and and talk and I started to tell her a little bit about my story that's when she started to open up a lot mm-hmm. about her story for the very first time and her story obviously impacts you in such a way that I felt absolutely drawn to like support you in whatever way I could so that's kind of how we ended up going in together I have to ask this question because if I don't my listeners might kick my ass Mm-hmm. When she shared her story, mm-hmm. did you feel like you had permission to share yours? I think I shared mine first. Yeah, she shared or, hers or first. Or vice versa. When, yes. When she shared hers, did you feel like you could you mm-hmm. could finally open up to somebody because she kind of gave you permission to do so? Yeah. I mean, she knew about my brother because she'd gone um, to his funeral with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it did absolutely make me feel safe enough if she was willing to be vulnerable in a space with me that then opened the door for me to match that energy and to be vulnerable in the same way and we became closer from that day that was like we were friends for 10 years up to that point Mm -hmm. but from that day forward we became like if you can say soulmates and friendship, like that, be still my bitch. it was like, <laughs> <laughs> you, both, you both my bitches. So, I really consider editing shit after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, um, we, we became closer than we've ever been. So that just, it, it that, 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 it's kind of like validating for the show for us mm-hmm. is because we give people that safe place to share their stories because somebody needs to hear it. Mm-hmm. And 
you just reconfirmed why this mission is so damn important. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, thank you all for that. Yeah. Thank you for playing a game with me. <laughs> I a think safe game. Let me preface that. Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyhow, um, what was that? I was going to say, like listening to things like this as well, even if you aren't in a place where you can talk back to someone about your story, Mm. driving in your car, going into work, listening to this podcast, what it does is it incites some memory in you of something similar. If you, you know, are listening on an empathetic level and you can see yourself in these stories and you can start feeling and thinking about your story and how maybe you need some healing around some things you are creating a platform that mm-hmm. will allow for healing it's pretty rad what you're doing it's is pretty, pretty rad. rad thank you yeah well so i can't do it without it. guests so thank y'all i'm gonna <laughs> quickly flip the switch on that so thank you very much all right let's rewind okay back to you mm-hmm. so you are in this training what was that like for you um, it was really scary for me. Uh, I didn't really open up about my sexual abuse in my class until like halfway through the second class. Okay. And, um, I didn't, I didn't know what other people would think of me. And that's why I didn't want to share it. Cause I was like, Oh God, they're going to like stare at me. And, um, I can't, I, I want to say it's when my, maybe I don't know if she did. I think she touched my hand. My TA touched my hand or she touched my leg because she saw that like I was trying to get somewhere. And with that, just that certain touch made me like open up. And so I told her everything. And then that's when I was like, fuck, what am I going to do when I go home? <laughs> you know, like, do I tell my other half this? Like, do I start telling people this is going to fuck up everything is my whole mindset and the whole thing. Like, it would ruin everybody's lives, you know? Yeah, and I remember then, whenever you called me and told me your story. I know it. I mean, I suspected that something had happened to you, but... And I didn't even expect that conversation to happen. I, like, you, you used the terminology, like, I need to tell you my story. And I was like, what the fuck does this mean? <laughs> and then, like, you called me and, like, you know, I was like, fuck. I was like, okay, this... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because you hadn't been through yet. No. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. No. So, and I was taught in the program, we have to... Sh- continue to share your story to grow stronger with it yeah and um i have been doing that and i don't know it's my i'll I'll tell you my light switch went on in that training in the last class Hmm. the very last one yeah um the one before that i wanted to leave my other half tell him to fuck off and uh i go find somebody else and then the last one changed my mind. I think I was triggered in the second one. I could see how people get triggered. I think I was triggered. I couldn't say something that I wanted to get out so bad. I almost puked. Oh, my gosh. Oh. It got stuck in my throat. Oh. And I finally said it. And it was like, oh, finally, you know? Yeah. And it, that's, that's kind of how it feels when you just bottle something up so long. Mm-hmm. You know, mine was almost 25 years I bottled it up. Damn. How did, how did that how did you feel after you happy it, yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know like really happy um crazy enough in the middle of the program going a step beyond um because you know for a long time I, I didn't I didn't believe that God was around me like he was he didn't care about me mm. and so 
um, there's a thing in the program called numbers. Hmm. And part of the, my numbers was, you got these from your father. Hmm. And then, um, I've just forgot my whole numbers thing. And I had it in my mind already before we even started this. You got these numbers from your, your father. You once were close. Should you dream about your past or focus on your future? I want glorious Glenna numbers now. And so, yeah, I was confused on that for a very long time. I thought they were talking about my dad. Like your biological dad or your step? Yeah, my biological dad. Okay. I thought that's what that was about. No, it was about, to me, about my higher power. Wow. Mm -hmm. You know, and I realized that and stepped beyond. And um, that's kind of where the light kind of like started flickering on, you know. And when I left that class, I was going to go pick up my son from his dad. And I apologized to him for everything. His dad? Mm Mm-hmm. Apologize to his dad for everything. Because to that point, I blamed everything on our marriage on him. And um, he was kind of weirded out. <laughs> I, you know, apologized and gave him a hug. And like, you know, I, I go, you're not a bad guy. You got things you got to work on. But, you know, I wasn't the best person either. Um, and he, you know, thank me for that. And to this day, we have a great relationship being, you know, co-parents. And he can talk to me, you know, we go drop offs and stuff. And like, we're just not like best friends, but you know, friends. Um, So that was, I think that was really good for me to do because there was a lot of hate between him and I for a very long time after our divorce because he loved me and I did not. But To think that your current significant other had a hand in that. Yeah. That's pretty dope. I know. That's pretty dope. And he was there with me when I went and gave him a hug. Are and, you serious? Yeah. That's even better. I told him, I was like, hey, I got to do this. Don't don't be weirded out about it. I have to do this. Yeah. And His he, mom was in the car, too. My, my other half's mom was in the car, too. And they were like, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's a winner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She yeah. was there. Yeah, she went to Step Beyond, too. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a family yeah. thing, baby. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's that. Mm-hmm. And then you get pregnant. Or were you pregnant during training? I can't um, remember. I know I it was got like pregnant. Right after. Um, I got pregnant in 2019. After I graduated in 2017. No, 18. So let me ask you this. Might be kind of a hard question. Maybe not. Okay. Lay it on me. Lay it on you. Shit! It was on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> now that you have a little girl. Mm-hmm. What kind of a mom can show up for her now and teach her. My mom that's always there. Ask questions. Ask how your day was. I do that with my son, too. Um, I, my, I never got the, how was your day? How was school? Um, never got the attention. Never got, you know, I play video games with my son all the time. And it's like a family thing. And my mom, I, it was always, my mom was fighting with whoever she was with. And she was the one in the closet crying. You know, and I'd always have to comfort her with that. Like, I was always just, there wasn't really a whole family thing like getting the attention like the love the unconditional love yeah it was kind of like a routine everyday thing come home from school mom comes home we go outside while she gets dinner done come back inside we don't really talk at the table um it's different yeah so i guess the, how i meant to word it oh i hope i make you cry on this one <laughs> hope i do gosh here we go <laughs> do you feel like you have a second chance to protect your little girl 
Yeah. And letting her play with your little girl, like your real little girl. Yeah, all the time. Um, and it make her cry. Fuck. No. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, but, but you know where I'm going with that is like yeah. now you have a second chance to heal all that mm-hmm. shit that happened to you when you're mm-hmm. what six years old on up. Mm-hmm. And I pay attention, like any markings on her. Same thing with my son, well, too. Um, I'm just very, yeah. very protective on them. Um, my crazy enough, my son came to me after I graduated and told me that um, a boy was touching him in the wrong way at school. Really? Mm-hmm. And for him to be able to come up to me and tell me like that was huge for me because I couldn't even do that to my mom. You know, when I was young. So for him to have that confidence come talk to me and I straight up went into beast mode, went up to the school, got the principal, like I got that shit handled quick. Um, but it's, yeah, that's, it makes me feel like I, as much as I doubt myself as being a mom, I feel like I'm doing a damn good job most times. So your kids have a pretty damn good mom. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, my son told us he was getting bullied last year. So me and my other half went up to the school. Actually, my other half went to the school because I had to work. Got the, the the police officer and like the head person of the school in a room and said, this is what's going on. This is what's not going to happen. Uh, this has been um, happening constantly. Y'all need to put a stop to it. So basically, they put a restraining order on the kid. Good. And haven't that kid hasn't messed with him to this day. And then my son had the confidence a week ago to go to the office and file a bully report on the three other students. That a boy. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I feel like I'm raising him correctly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I wouldn't have had the balls to go and do that shit when I was, you know, a kid. Yeah. It sounds like he recognizes that he doesn't deserve to be spoken to mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. Or touched or whatever. Yeah. Or touched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she does. She shows up every single day. I can say, like, we talk. I'm strict with my kids, but for a point. There's got to be discipline. But yeah, there's a lot of love. Mm-hmm. A lot. And, I mean, we all play video games together. Uh, her son will jump on and play mm-hmm. with us. Hmm. And um, I feel, you know, like, I'll even, whenever I hear him say something to her, I'm like, Bentley respect your mama you <laughs> know like, like I, yeah we get to step in but she's so loving in the way she speaks to him and the way that she speaks to her daughter and it's like they're always together they're yeah. she's always interact acting with them she's present like, uh-huh. she is present yeah. and like emotionally mentally physically in every single way she's getting to like you said sounds like she's getting to make up for what she didn't get. She's getting to create the life mm-hmm. that she deserved to have mm-hmm. when she was little. Do you think you would have been able to do that had you not gone through the training? No. Absolutely not. Didn't even hesitate. Mm-mm. Wow. I probably would be a single mom right now. I wouldn't have my daughter. I mean, it's just like, you know, if those things didn't happen, like, I wouldn't be where I am right now. I don't even want to know what that would look like. We wouldn't be where we're at no, we right now. No, we definitely wouldn't be doing this. We wouldn't sit here at this table. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's done a lot for me. That's why I shared it with them. It was a big ripple effect when her partner went through it. <clears throat> uh, he sent waves through her that reached me. And they've just... I meant then Tezra. And I know that 
our impact on other people, it just continues to have a ripple effect on everybody just because of his one decision. Mm-hmm. So, isn't that cool? Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I love it, dude. Mm-hmm. I love it. I told David the other day, um, DV, the founder of the gym, they're, they're my family, guys. I talk about them all the time. I love them. Mm-hmm. All because he took a shot. A chance on one man, the ripple effect. Ten years in, mm-hmm. multiple families created, mm. multiple lives changed. I mean, shit. All because he decided to take a chance on one person. Mm-hmm. He asked one question. Hmm. What was the question? When was the last time you worked out? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, the guy didn't have any arms or legs. Oh, oh wow. nice. So he's like, what was the last time you worked out? Like, I don't make you feel like an asshole, but I don't have arms or legs. <laughs> Shout out to Travis Mills, Staff Sergeant mm-hmm. Travis Mills. He's one of five living quadruple amputees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More. And they took a chance on each other. They started working out and kind of creating their own like little programs. And he met another Marine that was a amputee. And the rest is history. And mm-hmm. they've got some big shit like on like some good stuff coming that I can't really talk about on here. But it'll mm-hmm. come pretty. Like everybody in the world is pretty much going to know about it pretty soon. So mm-hmm. we'll see. What? It's big stuff, dude. I'm excited, and I don't even this. know what I'm okay. excited about yet. Yeah. I'm like, like, I need the yeah. tea. <laughs> I will tell you when we wrap this up, <laughs> which is a perfect segue. I think we did really good on time here. Thank you for sharing your story. Mm-hmm. Thank welcome. you so much. Anybody else have any last things before we wrap up this amazing trifecta of episodes? No. I, I'm just grateful for this opportunity to talk with you. Uh, to hear more about their story, because every time I do hear it, it's it's kind of ridiculous. It's like uh, I there's new light that shines on their stories and def- like redefines who they are and how strong they are. Mm-hmm. Like there's things that I'm hearing every time that are a little new, and like having you here and like push for more information's been phenomenal, um, and uh, it's fantastic, and I'm so appreciative of your time as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's good company and a good home. <laughs> Safe space with some really good bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> and a tripod for a pup. <laughs> she has a story too, it? but huh? she just can't How are you talk. feeling after you chugged it? <laughs> I feel good. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not like buzzing or anything. Oh, okay. then we're going to have to have another one. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, somebody's <laughs> going to drive my ass to dinner because I'm not going to be able to. But in all seriousness, guys, thank you guys so much for letting me come in and invade your space. Um, it means the world. And uh, it's going to be fun. Thank you. Thank you. Keep listening to this podcast because I have a feeling that she's going to have some amazing interviews. Say it all the time, man. Yeah. Every, every guest gets significantly better and better and the stories are better and better. I can't just choose like one guest that's like the best. I can't. <laughs> well, you got three of us. I so did get we're three. Kind of like <laughs> a, we're like a tri- we are a trifecta. We're a tripod yeah. in ourselves. You're a tripod in yourselves. Yeah. Actually, y'all are the first threesome that i've had okay. oh, oh. <laughs> well you are welcome <laughs> you are welcome <laughs> i'll take it <laughs> all right guys well listeners man make sure you subscribe like do all that stuff that makes you facebook or uh, youtube famous excuse me not face space uh and we'll see who's coming on next i don't have anybody locked in but i have a feeling i know who i'm gonna ask and uh people tend to say yes so we'll see what happens <laughs> all right guys till next time i love you guys peace Oh, before I forget, let me rewind. Where can people find you guys? <laughs> uh, we can be found on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, 
uh, Spotify, under, under Apple, bad bad bitch vibes. Yeah, bad, bad bitch podcast. vibes podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Easy to find. You can follow us also on Instagram. I've linked all of our social media on on our my Instagram, I believe. And yeah. I think you have too. Sick. My name is very easy. You can literally. I'm probably gonna kick myself in the ass for saying this. T E Z R A. Just type that bitch in, and you'll find me. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's right. <laughs> and find Glenna. Yeah, everything is on my all my personal <laughs> stuff too, so it's not hard to find us. I'm gonna put the links down below and, and yeah. all the you know show notes and stuff like that too. That's yeah. cool. Okay. All right, guys. Yeah. Well, until next time, peace, mother trucker. Peace.